Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club for Friday, October 6, 2023. It's good having you with us. Yeah, we're having a morning show today. I really didn't want to get up this morning, but I got up anyway. <laughs> to kick off the show, we're going to do a little weather report, if I can get it to load, that is. Um, and look like it's not going to happen. Let me try that again. There we go. Sometimes we just gotta try again. <laughs> anyway, um, right now in Dallas, it is 54 degrees outside with clear sky. On fr- Later on Friday, it'll be 79 degrees with clear sky and sunny skies. On Saturday, it'll be really nice with clear sky and sunny skies with 81 degrees. On Sunday, it'll be 75 with sunny skies. And on Monday, again, it'll take a turn of the worst with 61 degrees with some rain. On Tuesday, it'll continue the rain with 55 degrees. On Wednesday, the rain will still continue with 52 degrees. And on Thursday, I think it'll be overcast, I think. Yep, overcast, 64. And that's your little weather report, courtesy of Tricky Fox Radio. Now, it's time for some news. Uh, I found this news report about Drake. Dropping his new album called For All the Dogs, and it seemed interesting. In fact, this was posted um, today, actually, despite the fact it's in early still today. Um, I really wanted to read this, guys. Let's check this one out. Drake drops his For All the Dogs album with J. Cole, Lil Yachty, and more. After keeping fans on their toes over the past few months, Drake has finally delivered his brand new album. On Friday, October 6th, Drizzy, that's Drake by the way, dropped his long-awaited eighth studio album called For All the Dogs via OVO Sound and UMG, that's Universal Music Group by the way. His latest body of work holds 23 new songs including standout tracks like Fear of Heights, What Would Pluto Do, and Daylight, which features a cameo from his song Adonis. Other guests on the album include J. Cole, who unloads an incredible verse on the fir- on first-person shooter, his touring partner 21 Savage, Tizo Touchdown, Yeet, Bad Bunny, Party Next Door, Chief Keef, Lil Yachty, Sexy Red, and even SZA. And there's a picture here on Instagram from Champagne Poppy. I bet you that's Drake, by the way. (laughs) For all the dogs, October 6th, 6 a.m. Sorry to all my streamers. Oh, too bad. <laughs> Sorry about that. Let's see what the air picture shows. Um, uh, it looks like they're on um, cre- um, studio credits, apparently. 
There's track listings and on the first picture and um, um, studio credits on the other, it looks like. Drake hooked up the album with producers like Johnny, BNYX, Boy Wanda, Gorda, Tay Keith, yep, the late DJ Screw, who posthumously appears on Screw the World Interlude. The project was executively produced by Drake, Noah Forty Shabe. Sorry, I'm Oliver L. Kadip and No Kata Astri and A&R'd by Kevin Durant. A few hours before the album dropped, Drake shared the full track list, which also includes previously released tracks like Slime You Out featuring SZA and ADM in Charlotte. A Toronto native dropped the official music video for the latest addition to his AM to PM series starring him and Adonis. At the beginning of the video, Adonis breaks down the meaning behind the drawing on the album cover, which he made himself. Drake also revealed that 21 Savage finally got his green card in, the fir- in his first verse on the record. Which is ironic, because we were talking about the another episode a few days ago. Isn't that interesting? You can listen to Drake's for All the Dogs album on your favorite streaming services. YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your music. But please note, it will have explicit language. So make sure you don't have kids in the car, because it's going to be have language in it. Anyway, um, that's really what I wanted to read to you guys for that. Yeah. So there you go. For the next segment will be Food Talk. What else? Um, um, but yeah, Drake's dropped a new album, by the way. Isn't that nice? Um, it's gonna be really fun, guys. Um, Yep, 21 Savage has a green card. We were talking about that in their episode. Um, I can't remember which one it was. But I know it was during our TMZ um, celebrity news segment, by the way. If you're wondering. Um, yeah, why not? Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> I really need to clear my throat, guys. It's really bothering me. I don't like it. I don't have makeup anymore because it's not really getting a lot of airplay now. But, oh well, um... Can't have them all, I guess. It's a really good song, but it goes good while it lasted. Oh well. Anyway, how many minutes of commercials do I have? Um, 
Okay, three minutes. Okay, that should allow me to play two songs. Alright, I'm going to try to play Olivia Rodrigo, Bad Idea Right, and Lil Durk All My Life featuring J. Cole during this break. I don't know if it'll work out, though. If it doesn't, I'll play something else, and I'll reveal what will be um, after the break, and just before Food Talk. Um, but we'll see what happens. But anyway, you're listening to Tricky Files Radio Morning Club. Don't forget Drake's new album called... For all the dogs, available now on your favorite music streaming services. Stay tuned, coming up at 7.20 a.m. is Food Talk, and I'll already see the sun coming up. So, hopefully you're enjoying the morning show. Anyway, coming up, Food Talk on the Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. Don't go away, we'll be right back right after this. Don't go away, we'll be right back. I'm Jesse Atkinson, we'll be right back right after this. That was All My Life, featuring J. Cole by Lil Dirk. Before that was Bad Idea Right by Olivia Rodrigo. We still got some time to spare, what do you know? <laughs> yeah! But anyway, um... Um, I did pull up a recipe on food.com. You're gonna like this. The Ultimate Chocolate Brownie Muffins. I like this. I love this. This recipe goes back to when my son was small, and that is quite a while back. And I still make them. <clears throat> These are moist and rich, no need for an electric mixer. For this recipe, it's all mixed with a wooden spoon. I have even added in chopped walnuts or mini chocolate chips. My recipe, number 89207, works great with these. Yep. Ready in 40 minutes. It serves 12. And there's 11 ingredients. I'm going to go ahead and read the ingredients first, as always. Three-fourths cup, three cups of good quality baking cocoa. Three-fourths cups of that. Um, one teaspoon of baking powder. A heaping, by the way. But only one teaspoon, though. But heaping. Three quart, three fourth cups of butter, or you can substitute with margarine, but make sure the margarine is melted though. One and a half cup of boiling water. The butter may also have to be melted. I don't know, but again, one and a half cup of boiling water. One tablespoon of vanilla. One and one fourth cups of sugar or to taste two eggs one and one third cups of all-purpose flour one fourth teaspoon of salt one half cup of mini chocolate chips these are optional by the way but I think they're pretty good though one half cup of walnuts these are optional they do sound tempting though also but they're optional Anyway, here are the directions. Step one, set the oven to 350. That's in Fahrenheit, by the way, which is what we want. 
Step 2. Line 12 muffin tins with paper liners. Step 3. In a medium bowl, combine cocoa and baking powder and mix to combine. Step 4. Add in boiling water. Mix well with a wooden spoon to combine. Step 5. Add in the melted butter and vanilla and mix well. Step 6, and there goes my dog. Step 6, add the sugar. Mix well with a wooden spoon. Step 7, stir in the eggs and with a wooden spoon and mix until combined. Step 8, mix the flour with salt. Add in the chocolate mixture. Mix well to combine. The batter will be a bit on the thin side, though, but that's completely normal. Step 9. Add or mix in the mini chocolate chips or walnuts, or one cup of both. Again, one half cup, one half cup. That's one cup after all. 10. Step 10. Using an ice cream scooper, fill each of the muffin tins almost to the top. Step 11. Bake for 25 to 30 minutes or until muffins are done. Please don't overbake them. It might take a little longer depending on how full the muffin tins are with the batter. And last but not least, step 12. Cool it. Drizzle glaze over or you can frost it with buttercream frosting if you like. So, yeah. Basically, this is like a very nice brownie recipe. Really good. I'll have to make some ease my myself someday. That's really good. Really tempting. Yeah. Alright, I think we might have time for one more recipe. That didn't take too long to read, actually. Um, how about this one? Creamy mac and cheese. This is my absolute very favorite mac and cheese recipe. And I have a large collection of MC recipes. Adapted from Sour Living. What else? I don't make this very often because I could literally eat the whole thing and lick the dish clean. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> I think you baked this, by the way. It's ready in 1 hour and 20 minutes. It serves 8. The ingredients are 11. Here are the ingredients. 1 half cup of butter, or again, 1 half cup of margarine. You can use either, it's fine. 1 half cup of all-purpose flour. One and a half teaspoon of salt, one and a half teaspoon of pepper, mainly the taste, one fourth teaspoon of cayenne, cayenne pepper, mainly the taste, one fourth teaspoon of garlic granulate, granules, two cups of half and half, 
two cups of milk, two 10-ounce packages of sharp cheddar cheese that are shredded and divided. Apparently, the person that you that made this recipe uses Cracker Barrel. One 10-ounce package of extra sharp cheddar cheese, shredded. Again, he uses Cracker Barrel. And last but not least, one 16-ounce package of elbow macaroni that is cooked. Here are the directions. Is that it for the ingredients? Yeah, okay. Here are directions. Step 1. In a big skillet, melt the butter over medium-high heat. Step 2. Whisk the flour in gradually until the mixture is smooth. Step 3. Cook and whisk continually for 2 minutes. Step 4. Add in salt, pepper, cayenne, and garlic. Stir to combine. Step 5. Gradually whisk in half and half in milk. Step 6. Cook and whisk continually for 8 to 10 minutes or until the mixture is thickened. Step 7. Add in half of the sharp cheddar cheese and stir. Step 8. Add in all the extra sharp cheddar cheese and stir until smooth. Step 9. Take it off the skillet off take skillet off the stove burner. Step 10. Mix together the cooked macaroni and cheese mixture. Transfer to a greased 13x9 inch casserole dish. Step 11. Sprinkle the remaining sharp cheddar cheese. Step 12. Bake in a 350 degree oven for 20 minutes. You may need to bake it longer for a crispy top now. That's it. So there you go. Um, that's creamy macaroni and cheese. Really delicious, by the way. I think that's going to do it for Food Talk, guys. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Sorry. But you, there's always more Food Talk. Always online or on-demand podcasts, by the way, if you're wondering. So there you go. Um, here we go. Four minutes of commercials. I think this time, I think I don't really have enough time to put music in, so I'm gonna let it be a surprise. Anyway, coming up is gonna be TMZ Celebrity News. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away, everyone. That was Sure Thing by Miguel, and before that was Mona Lisa by Dominic Fike. Yep. And now it is time for TMZ Celebrity News at 7.40 a.m. Alright. 
Donna Kales. Travis Dating Taylor has NFL laughing. All the way to the bank, shaking it off. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I hope this is good. Travis Kelsey's mom is opening up about her son's budding relationship with Taylor Swift, revealing that she's a huge fan of the pop star. Donna Kell sat down for an interview with host Jennifer Vickery Smith on the podcast Got It From Mama yeah, and discussed a range of Taylor-related issues, including her two favorite songs, Shake It Off and Bad Blood. I like those songs too, Mama. <laughs> During Friday's episode, Donna also addressed all the drama surrounding Travis and Taylor's romance over the past few weeks since the couple went public. Donna said, I feel like I'm in an alternate universe. It's something I never thought I'd be involved with. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. She briefly mentioned her family has been targeted by haters who are unhappy about their relationship. She also joked that the NFL is laughing all the way to the bank with all the ticket sales at games Taylor has attended to watch Travis play with the Kansas City Chiefs that is. Donna went on to say that her family has given the NFL better publicity than any pricey PR firm, which would charge the league a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. But there's no bad blood between them, now. Donna says she is happy for the NFL, though. Adding, well, that's good for them, at least. They're getting the ramifications of everything. Now, as TMZ has reported, Taylor and Travis started seeing each other several months ago, but they stayed under the radar at first. Now the lovebirds are out there for all to see as Taylor has shown up at two of at two of Travis's football games within the last few weeks. It shows pictures here. Tra it shows Taylor with her with Travis's mom, and Taylor again with Travis and her mom. You can see her clapping. Yep. Anyway, on to Britney Spears again. Great escape to a private island after a knife dance drama. Well, you know, let's talk about her now. Britney Spears needs some serious rest and relaxation after becoming the target of social media criticism for dancing with knives. Or would have been dancing with wolves, but <laughs> dancing with knives and decided the best place to escape was a private island. Yep, knife-free vacay. Sources close to the Bob star tell TMZ she and a group of friends took off to the, to the famous Brando Hotel and friends Paul Jania this past weekend. Brittany shared a quick video of herself and some pals in a private plane 
as they flew over the crystal blue water near the resort. Fans speculated one of the men on board the plane and staying closest to Brittany could be a new love interest. Or sources say that's not the case after all. They're simply just put acquaintances. That's too bad. But of course, it's no surprise why Brittany might have wanted to escape after all. She did took a ton. She did take a ton of heat for posting multiple videos dancing with knives, a stunt that even prompted a police response for a welfare check. And Brittany has maintained the knives were fake, but some still are disagreeing with that. Now, if the Brando sounds familiar. It's the same spot that Beyonce recently ran out for her birthday during a small break from a Renaissance tour. Kim Kardashian also took a group of her closest friends and family members there also for her 40th birthday. The resort features a bunch of private villas, offering anywhere from one to four bedroom accommodations. That's really nice. And there, there's a pig gallery featuring Beyonce's birthday hideaway. That's, it's got pool, chairs, everything nice. Beyonce ran out, um... Beyonce ran out the cream of the crop for her B-Day bash. A villa of a private pool, which usually goes for about 20 grand per night. Unclear how much Brittany plunked down, but certainly ain't cheap. <laughs> Alright, I think we've got time for one more story. We'll talk about this ring camera thing. Ring cameras offers one million prize for alien footage. Captured on Artec. <laughs> ring, the company known for its doorbell and home security cameras, wants to see proof of alien life. It is offering up a hefty cash prize for anyone who can capture footage. The company launched its million dollar search for extraterrestrials this week, offering up a one million dollar grand prize for anyone who has unaltered proof of extraterrestrial life, specifically documented on one of its ring cameras. Ring says the footage can be of an unearthly, unearthly being walking around your backyard or even a UFO pulling up to your driveway. But all cement materials will be looked at by an expert for approval, though. Skeptics might see this as an easy challenge from Ring, putting up big bucks for something that may not be legit. But for those that buy the strange phenomenon, here's your shot. And in case you forgot, we spoke with Neil deGrasse Tyson in August about the potential of alien life visiting our planet, especially as the topic's being taken more seriously in the U.S. now. According to Neil, the high-tech world we live in is the reason why he's not so sure UFOs are here, mostly because the one alleged footage 
we've seen is grainy as hell. But hey, ring speed challenge might put Neil's concerns to rest now. And TMZ also is going to investigate UFOs the Pentagon's proof. You can watch the special. I don't know what's on. doesn't say. Um, but anyway, um, by the way, people who don't have legit proof can still participate for the company's um, Out of This World prize of a $500 Amazon gift card. That's still nice. As long as you submit a clip of yourself in an alien costume or of your best homemade UFO. Oh, that's still good, I guess. I think that's gonna have to stop it here, guys. It's almost 7.50. Um, yeah. 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 I'm gonna make the musical surprise, guys. But I know I'll probably very likely play, um, Bad Habit before Pokemon News. Um... Alright, I think three minutes, of, three minutes of music will work. Again, I will be playing Bad Habit before Pokemon News. But I gotta figure out what I'll play um, before that. So, stay tuned. Pokemon News is coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this with the Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. We'll be right back. Don't go away. That was Bad Habit by Steve Lacey, and before that was Elton John and Britney Spears. Hold me closer. And now it is time for Pokemon News, and irony Bad Habit by Steve Lacey was from Pokemon X. This even shows up, Pokemon X. Alright, I thought it'd be a little bit fun if we could play some Pokemon Go, guys, again. Hear that? That's the opening music. First time on the air, you get to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, this would be a gift. Let's check that out. Oh, it's got Umbreon again. It's from the church at Seventh Day. And that's over by Birch Park. Canatberry, Ultra Ball, Stardust. Fixtures here, actually. Thank you. Alright. Oh, back and send her a gift. How about we give her one from good old Starlight Lanes. Add a sticker with what we got here. Um, how about one with Detective Pikachu with the, with the magnifying glass? Gift sent. You're welcome. Back to me now. Now we got their Detective Pikachu here. Oh, wait a minute. We'll worry about Detective Pikachu later. Let me catch. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, here's a load tab. Let's catch him. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, hold on. Let's try something. Plenty of these now. Nice. Now we'll see about that. Nope. 
give it a raspberry. That was usually make it easier to catch. Yeah. Oh, maybe not. I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs> okay, there we go. Never mind. Wow! Seven days streak, first catch of the day. Holy God, I got a lot of experience and a lot of stardust. Wow. Now, look at this. I got almost 40,000 stardust and a lot of experience just because of the first catch of the day. What do you know? <laughs> Alright, let's catch this detective. You could. Oh, wait a minute. Achieve a Pokemon catch streak. Or Pokestop spin streak of seven days. Well, obviously I did, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, we'll try catch this one first. One's yellow, so we'll try on this raspberry. Oh man. You better not. I'm gonna try Pokeballs this time. I don't know what it is. There we go. I'm not gonna escape though. <laughs> Maybe not. There we go. Most sleep was caught. Alright, let's go ahead and catch this detective Pikachu last. Hey! It's actually a female. I have plenty of these, but I still think it's a good addition now. But I caught it anyway. <laughs> There's the spectacles. One actually there's two more. Me Yeah yeah. Okay, that's a ducklet. That looks a little bit better. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay, one more, I think, or did it run away? Looks like she already received my gift. Too bad she's not hearing this, though, but oh well. I really wish I had another device to play the the station on so like a tablet but the other tablet I had is is broken so I can't play my station on their device that really sucks hmm oh well but I think that cutie fly ran away though I guess we can feed my um, Eevee on the air while we're at it just a quick treat we don't need to Go for there. There's my automation. There you go. Alright, we'll just... Oh, I'm running really low on berries. Um, I'll just give you... Um, actually, no. Um, I'll give you a little bit of variety. 
just need to feed it free and then it'll go back to ya. Here he is again. Yeah, it looks like that cute fly around away though, unfortunately, so oh well. Um too bad. Um Yep, it ran away. I could use a lure, but I don't really want to take that risk, though. Um, yeah. Let's see how much storage I have left. Oh, yeah, I got plenty. Okay. Yeah, that's Pokemon Go, guys. Um, what's this? Yeah, yeah, maybe later. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much Pokemon Go, guys. Uh, I just realized we don't really have enough time to read even one story on Pokemon.com. But hey, we at least had fun with Pokemon Go, at least. <laughs> that's Pokemon News somewhat. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, that's good enough, I guess. Anyway, come now in the second segment of hour two is um, new movies out now. Um, I assume that there's any good movies out now. There probably won't be in my honest opinion. Maybe there might be in your opinion, but if you like new movies out now, I if you like spooky movies and stuff like that, then that's your opinion, but I don't really want to get scared half to death in the theater, so there you go. I'd much rather get scared half to death in my room. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but yeah, um, new movies out now is coming up, guys. Um, that's the next segment coming up. Um, hold on one moment. That's two minutes there. Um, that's three minutes. Okay, um, Okay, I think we'll do four minutes of commercials this time. And I think, again, I'll do the good old-fashioned surprise... The good old-fashioned let the music be a surprise thing again, because why not? Um, but yeah, for this segment, we pretty much played pretty much mainly on Pokemon Go. Um, it was pretty fun, yes. It was very fun. I will admit that. Um... Yeah, Santa Lou's by here, by the way. She was sneezing, I think. I'll get the morning show set for her, by the way, during the break. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club for Friday, October 6, 2023. Don't know if I even said the date yet or not. Anyway, that's it. Friday, October 6, 2023. Stay tuned. Coming up, it's new movies out now. Don't go away. We'll be right back right after this. Don't go away. That was Vegas from the original motion picture soundtrack Elvis by Doja Cat. And before that was Bacar Hill and Back. Really good song, by the way. Now, now it is time for new movies out now by Fandang. Well, new movies out now on the courtesy of Fandango. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's start off with the Exorist Believer this year. Two parents 
seek help in their respective daughters show the sign of demic possession. That's it. Oh, okay. Horror suspense thriller. The release date is today. David Gordon Green is the director. Leslie O'Dorn Jr. stars as Victor Fielding. Ellen Burstyn plays as Chris McNeil. And so yeah, not really a lot of well-known actors in in this movie, but it's a horror flick, so... There you go. Um, the audience rating is... Well, there is no audience rating, but the critic rating is rotten. It's only 20%, by the way. So, yeah, it's not really well received. But it is playing today in Independence at 1.50 p.m., 4.30 p.m., 7.10 p.m., and 9.50 p.m. Today, that is, on the 6th. Alright, let's go back. Whoa, okay. Alright, we already talked about Fall Patrol a day or two ago. Let's talk about Saw X. Saw X, 2023. Radar as well, 1 hour and 58 minutes. This movie is actually way more received. In fact... It's certified fresh, actually. It has a certified fresh rating of 83% with an audience rating of 90%. So, yeah, this movie might be a better, might be a lot better than the Exorcist franchise, though. But then again, the Saw franchise has been around for a lot longer, so there you go. But anyway, um, here's what the description reads. John Craver, Tobin Bell, is back. The most chilling installment of the Saw franchise yet explores the untold chapter of Jigsaw's most personal game. Set between the events of Saw 1 and 2, a sick and desperate John travels to Mexico for a risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes for a miracle cure for his cancer, only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable, armed with a newfound purpose. John returns to his work, turning the tables on the con artist in his signature visceral way through a series of ingenious and terrifying traps. And apparently it's a Lionsgate release. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Twisted Pictures presents a Bird Calouse production. Horror, suspense, thriller. This was actually released back on September 29th, by the way. Just as after the um, writer's strike was ending. It stars Tobin Bell, Tobin Bell as John Kramer, Shine Smith as Amanda Young, and Samiv McCody as Lun. So, some good characters there, I will admit. Since this movie's already came out, been out for a while, let's take a look at Tuesday for Independent Cinema. Um, not really a lot of show times, only 410, 650s, so probably not worth seeing anymore, because this point it's probably hasn't. 
really been out that long. And I think, um, not really a lot of stuff has been added recently. We'll take a look at the creator, at least. This is actually playing, um, Dallas, by the way, for whatever reason. Um, the creator, uh, for writer, director Garth Edwards, Rogue One, and, um, and Godzilla comes an epic sci-fi action thriller set amidst a future war between the human race and the forces of art artificial intelligence. Go away. There you go. Joshua, John David Washington, yep, the guy from Tenet is back once again. A hardened ex-special forces agent Grieving the disappearance of his wife, Gemma Chan, from Internals. I've seen that too. I've also seen Tenet, by the way. Is recruited to hunt down and kill the creator, the elusive architect of advanced AI who has developed a mysterious weapon with the power to end the war and, men and mankind itself. Joshua and his team of elite operatives journey across enemy lines into the dark heart of AI-occupied territory, only to discover the world-ending weapon he's been struck to destroy is an AI in the form of a young child, newcomer Madeline Yuna Yavoyes. That sounds really good, actually. What? wonder if this is what when that's playing. But not in Dallas, though. 3.50 and 6.45 in Independence. Not really a lot of show times for that, though, but we'll see. Um, but to keep in mind, though, this came out back in September, but it hasn't been that long, though. It came out in September 29th, so it doesn't feel like it's been that long, though. So maybe they're just reserving show times for more movies that time or whatever. Maybe um something else is going else is going on. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know really. Um, but I think that's gonna do it for movie news. There's not really a lot of movies out right now. It seems. Let me check the independent cinema website and see what they're reserving for Tuesday. Uh, nothing really. Anything. There's. Not really a whole lot they're reserving for anything at all. I mean, pretty much all movies only ha the most they have for each movie are just free showtimes. That's very interesting. That's odd. Well, let's see what when the 6:45 um, one is. Which theater is that in? It looks like it's an auditorium too. Um, Maybe we might see that then. Um, after all, I did say I wanted to see a movie. I did put down a movie, so we'll see. Um, so yeah, maybe 6.45 creator on this coming Tuesday. We'll see. Anyway, um, that will do it for new movies out now, guys. Um, in the final segment, we're going to read about news and weather again. Just to conclude the show. So there you go. Um, but yeah... So, yeah. Okay, yeah, there we go. We'll be fine. Um,
<clears throat> All right, three minutes there. All right, um. Three point five. Oh, that's three point forty, and then four minutes there. And we'll just do. All right, I think I'm just got the music be a surprise again, guys. So there you go. I did get four minutes of commercials in. I think I just don't want to burn up time because if I do that, then I'm pretty much screwing things up oh, once more. But anyway, in the final segment, we're gonna read about. We're gonna read some news and weather. So anyway, this is a Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club for Friday, October 6, 2023. Coming up, surprise for you guys for music. Anyways, more of the Tricky Fox Radio Morning Club. We'll be right back. Don't go away. That was Dance Night by Dilipa from Barbie. And before that was We Didn't Start the Fire by Vault Boy. Covering newsworthy items from 1989 to 2023. It is the truth after all. <laughs> Anyway, um, for this last segment, we're going to do um, a news story and weather. Um, we'll do weather last this time, but first I want to um, do the news. Um, uh, let's see here. What's about Oregon Live? Please tell me you don't do what I think you're going to do. The worst you can do is block my ad blocker. Um, let's see here. Let's read about, um... Let's read about business news. Deposition shakes up Nike pay discrimination lawsuit, but Nike wants it barred. Let's see if we can read this. Okay. Recent filings by plaintiffs' lawyers in the high-profile pay discrimination against Nike suggest a former human resources manager <coughs> offered this deposition testimony last week that contradicted a key part of Nike's legal defense. Now, Nike's lawyers are wanting the deposition removed from the court record from Nike. This was posted by Matthew Kish of the Oregonian at OregonLive.com. A former Nike human resources manager last week gave sworn deposition testimony that bolsters claims in a high-stakes sex discrimination lawsuit and could revive efforts to turn it into a sweeping class action. Nike's lawyers weren't present for the deposition, and last Friday, they filed a blistering notice in federal court accusing plaintiff's lawyers of bad faith litigation tactics for taking a testimony in absence of Nike's legal counsel. They want the deposition removed from the court record now. The burst of legal fireworks is the latest development in a lawsuit that stretches way back to 2018 and alleges Nike's workplace is hostile towards and devalues women, and the company underpaid female corporate workers. The lawsuit, one of the most visible pieces of corporate hashtag MeToo litigation, seemingly livered in November 2022 after a judge ruled against a motion to make the case a class action. 
but last week's deposition and new discovery request show plaintiffs believe key pieces of evidence have been withheld. We will continue to fight for the women in this case, despite Nike's attempts at suppressing evidence. Plaintiff's lawyer Warren Salrino Owens sent an email to the Oregonian and Oregon Live. We believe that if we are provided the discovery we are entitled to, we will be able to certify the class and advocate for thousands of women who faced illegal treatment at Nike. In an email, a Nike spokesperson said the company does not comment on pending litigation. Since the lawsuit was filed, Nike spokespeople and lawyers have repeatedly said the company has zero tolerance for discrimination and compiles of discovery orders. It's made numerous changes to human resource policies in recent years as well, including raising the salaries of 7,000 employees in July 2018 after an internal pay review. The deposition testimony of the former human resources manager, which was taken last Wednesday, (coughs) is subject to a protective order and is not part of the public court record. But filings made this week by plaintiff's lawyers suggest it directly contracted a key part of Nike's legal defense, though. Whatever the company systematically used prior pay and setting compensation before October 2017. Now that question was critical to U.S. Magistrate Judge Jolie Russo's November ruling that rejected making the lawsuit a class action. The judge ruled plaintiffs didn't prove Nike had a specific policy that led to pay disparities, such as the use of prior pay. The ruling dramatically decreased the stakes of the litigation. Instead of proceeding on behalf of over 5,200 plaintiffs, it's now essentially proceeding on behalf of four plaintiffs. Roughly three weeks ago, Nike also asked Russo to block the plan deposition, describing it in a legal filing as a fishing expedition for no legitimate purpose and arguing it covered ground that has already been extensively litigated. But the deposition took place before the judge ruled on the request, prompting a fiery back and forth over the last few days between lawyers and the case. Did this deposition occur despite our pending motion to squash? A Nike lawyer wrote an email to a plaintiff's lawyer late last week. Although the filing of your motion to quash did not stop this third-party disposition. Your below email appears to suggest that one party can unilaterally and automatically choose to block the disposition of a third party by filing a protective order, a plaintiff's lawyer responded. In dueling legal filings in recent days, Nike's lawyers claim they didn't have any correspondence about the disposition's logistics to which plaintiff's lawyers responded that Nike was on notice for weeks about already. Broadly, lawyers are expected to resolve such conflicts outside of the courtroom so judicial time can be spent weighing the merits of cases. 
Many judges would not be happy that a disposition was taken at which both sides were not present, said Jeff Feldman, a University of Washington School of Law professor who teaches civil procedure. It appears that this all could have been avoided after all. Squabbling aside, plaintiff's lawyers in a Monday legal filing said the former human resources manager testified Nike could use prior pay to set starting pay before October 2017, contrary to Nike's cherry-picked litigation-driven declarations. That's a critical point for plaintiffs. Plaintiffs previously alleged an $11,000 gender pay gap existed at Nike, a number which Nike is currently disputing. Legal experts say that plaintiffs need to prove that Nike had a corporate policy that led to discriminatory results. Asking about prior pay can pre-predate wage gaps. Oregon banned asking about in October 2017 already. In order to win a disparate impact case, you have to point to a specific practice that the employer utilized, said Keith Cunningham Parmeter, a Lewis and Clark Law School professor who teaches employment law. The plaintiffs have a serious allegation, allegation about specific employer action. Nike's lawyers have pointed to disposition testimony of a different Nike human resources manager who said prior pay wasn't a policy that we looked at, but was one point or one factor that we looked at when taking into account making an offer. Again, that varied. That varies across the recruiter, the manager, and the situation. After years of discovery, the process by which parties in the case request and produce documents of other or other evidence from each other, there's not much in the court record to support either side. In 2020, Nike did produce an October 2017 email in which a top recruiter informed all U.S. recruiters that Nike would no longer ask candidates about their composition history. Plaintiff's lawyers have repeatedly asked Nike for additional discovery documents about how it set starting pay before October 2017, but to little avail. Nike's lawyers have said it's not possible to find documentary of evidence of a policy that never existed. Now, in recent months, the two sides sparred emails about the lack of discovery. Finally, on September 15th, plaintiff's lawyers asked Russo to, com to compel Nike to produce documents about how it set pay before October 2017 describing the company's previous discovery as unreliable, inadequate, and incomplete, and noting Russo's previous criticism of Nike's discovery efforts. The judge has had the way discovery disputes throughout the case's years-long run. Philman previously told the Oregonian Oregon Live he's never heard of a discovery process taking as long as a Nike lawsuit. In August 2020, Russo said Nike demonstrated a certain lack of transparency so far in the discovery process and certainly some deficient production. The judge also noted the complexity of the case and Nike's continued efforts to locate responsive documents. In a 15-page legal rebuttal, 
A night lawyer characterized the latest doc discovery request as part of plaintiff's scorched earth discovery tactics. The lawyer noted Nike has produced 12,900 documents and nearly 50,000 pages of information. Late Wednesday, plaintiff's lawyers had asked the court for permission to amend discovery request and include testimony from the few former human resources manager. The filing suggests the former human resources manager also testified last week about the Starfish survey. <clears throat> a self-administered survey of female night corporate employees about their experiences with sexism at the company. The surveys, which was given to then-CEO Mark Parker in 2018, played a key role in the company's acknowledgments of its workplace problems. In August 2020, Russo ordered Nike to produce the com complete survey results. Nike has produced 30 surveys in Discovery, according to court records. Among the open questions are whatever that's all of them and who's named in them. And last year, Business Insider, citing four former Nike employees familiar with the collection of the surveys, reported even closer to 100 were collected. The Oregonian, Oregon Live, Business Insider, and even the Portland Business Journal have been successful and challenging the seal in the lawsuit last year, leading to the release of about 5,000 pages of records, including a handful of starfish surveys, but the names of Nike employees in the surveys have remained redacted. One of the challenges before the court is how much these surveys matter at the end of the day, after all, said Cunningham Parmeter, the Lewis and Clark Law professor we mentioned earlier. The bottom line question is, were you using prior earnings history to pay women less? And that was written by Matthew Kish. You can write him and have your say at mkish at oregonian.com. Unfortunately, I just went over, guys. I don't think we're going to have time to read the weather, guys. I am so sorry about that, but I guess that's just how it's going to have to be, guys. Um, but anyway, uh, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you could probably just look the weather up on your phone if you had one or your computer, but you get where I'm saying. Anyway, um, that's it for the morning club, everyone. Um, I'm going to try to close out the show with, um, with, um, um, I'll just use two minutes of commercials, but anyway, Thanks for listening to Morning Club, everyone. I will see you on Monday, hopefully. Bye-bye, everyone. See you Monday. Bye.